Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Runner's World Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Runner's World Podcast with me, Rick Pearson. This week, we're going to be speaking with Kate Carter about the beauty and benefits of running shorter distances. So welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Runners World podcast. Ben is on holiday, so I'm flying solo this week, but we do a fantastic episode in store, so stay tuned. We're going to be concentrating on the shorter distances this week, by which I mean the mile, 5k and 10k in the company of Kate Carter, who's a runner, a journalist and a presenter over on the running channel. Um, yeah, I've been doing some running myself. Yesterday, I, I took part in the... Uh, the Broccoli Three Peaks, which is a, a much less celebrated version of, I guess, the Yorkshire Three Peaks. Uh, did a couple of loops of it, and it was about 10 miles. Um, and I'm really feeling it this uh, today. So obviously, I'm not doing enough uh, steps or hills in my training. I've also started to, to read uh, Out of Thin Air, which is a new book uh, about running in Ethiopia, written by Michael Crawley. Uh, yet for, uh, only a couple of chapters in, uh, but it's really interesting. It's, I guess it's a little like... Uh, Running with the Kenyans, you know the famous Adaranand Finn book, but he's looking particularly at the uh, the Ethiopian running culture, which is which is fascinating actually and, and quite unorthodox. Um, so yeah, that's my recommendation. Uh, what are you reading? Let us know. Uh, podcast at runnersworld.co.uk. Before we go into the interview with Kate, I want to do a quick plea. We have a once in a generation opportunity to make runners visible and heard in the highway code. Uh, this will improve the safety and well-being of not just the UK's 11 million runners, but all road users. Uh, please follow uh, the link in the show notes and sign the petition. This is about making our roads safer, friendlier and more welcoming for all, however we choose to move. Um, and the deadline for doing that is today, Tuesday. So please, uh, yeah, go to the show notes and, and sign the petition and uh, let's make the roads a better place for everyone. Right, let's bring on our guest of the week. Guest of the week, here in the studio, guest of the week, sometimes on the phone, could be an athlete, could be a physio, or a complete unknown. Kate Carter is a runner, journalist and presenter at The Running Channel. Having concentrated on the marathon distance, finally running sub three hours in 2018, she switched her attention to the shorter stuff this year and recently recorded a big PB over 5k. Uh, she's here to tell us more about the appeal of shorter distances and why now is a good time to be concentrating on them. So Kate, welcome to the Runners World podcast. It's lovely to be here. <laughs> lovely to have you back. Yeah, it's been a while actually. Um, but yes, I wanted to ask you straight up, why did you decide to uh, move to the shorter distances this year? Because I know the marathon had been a focus previously. Yeah, well, I, I guess I'd sort of, um, I mean, you mentioned the sort of tick, the ticked my, my sub three box. And 
um, I kind of felt a little bit less motivated after that to go and commit to that kind of intense block of marathon training that you have to do to really, um, you know, get it right. And uh, so I, I'd actually last, towards the end of last year, I decided I wasn't going to do an autumn marathon, which is the first time in years I've not done one. And I was just going to concentrate on on 10K, in fact. So I did a few 10K races and, and I got a 10K PB in November, I think, last year. Um, and I kind of really enjoyed that, I guess, partly because it takes the pressure off the day itself. Like the training is still really hard. Like you, you know, try to, I tried to push quite hard in the training, but if it doesn't go right, it, it's not like months of your life kind yeah. of have been, feel slightly wasted. You know, you just go and do another one. <laughs> um, so I kind of really enjoy that. And I quite enjoy the intensity of the training. I think to me, the kind of, um, the polarization almost of the training like it means you can go really hard if you go and do a track session you can really commit to it go really really hard but then the next day you can just do a really really easy run and it uh, i think marathon training is slightly more in a, all in a kind of narrower band if you, if you see yeah what I mean. for sure yeah for sure yeah so i kind of enjoy that as well um and yeah and then obviously kind of going into lockdown well i just sort of kept up that stuff hoping that there would be a opportunity at some point and luckily you know the shorter stuff has been a lot easier to find races for I guess it's that weird thing now where we've got like it's more likely that you'll get a really short race or a really long race yeah that's right isn't it 100 miles or you know the mile yeah (laughs) exactly you can't do anything in between but but, uh, you've been doing quite a bit of track racing haven't you I guess some people probably aren't aware that that these races are are still available what's been your experience of of how those track races are are kind of um operating yeah i mean it's been great so yeah i've been lucky enough to do quite a few i've i've started sort of um you know obsessively trawling uh (laughs) open track and so on just in case i miss one and i've got a few friends who are from different clubs that are all around who also are so they kind of we swap tips if we see something that's come up um and they're great i mean obviously the the track is a very kind of controlled environment so the the clubs and, and people who've um, uh, been able to set this up, for which I am, you know, hugely grateful, uh, have have been able to really kind of control numbers. So a lot of the a lot of the track races that I've done, there's been a lot of younger uh, kids basically, so doing right. like 400, 800 type races, and obviously they're allowed a parent there. But other than that, it's all like no spectators, only runners. If you've got a heat then you're only allowed in a certain amount of time before your heat and a certain amount of time, you know, you, you're kind of encouraged to leave straight away. Um, and obviously there's only a certain number of people on the track at any one time. But if it's a, a mile race or an 800 race, you can still do quite a few races, you know, in, in one afternoon and make sure everybody gets a chance. Um, so it's been it's been great. It's sort of almost like normality. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I'm impressed that you've managed to do that. I mean, yeah, my, my sort of racing is fallen off a cliff really i think yeah the last race i did which i was pacing for was yeah the big half in in march so that's like that's coming up to god like half a year with no actual racing so i need to get, i need to hit the track as well but yeah I, I, did you, was there any sort of trepidation for you to to do like the, the shorter fast stuff particularly in, in a track environment I, I know you're you're like a very good club runner anyway but i wonder if some people think well the marathon has a kind of inclusive um like nature to it but I don't know if I could go and do like a 3k race that feels a bit serious was it was it were there any of that for you and do you think that's a barrier for some people I'm sure it is a perceived barrier for a lot of people because I think you know there's still that thing where people think even just training on a track is for is for inverted commas serious runners um I mean ironically I I think that the track is is probably the best environment for anyone to train in because you can't get left behind 
you know, no, if you go on a club run, you might always feel like, oh, God, I'm going to be at the back and they're going to be all faster than me and I'm going to have to cling on or whatever. Train at a track, you know, no one cares what pace you're doing because no one's doing anything other than thinking, oh, God, is this lap ever going to end? <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, you know, you can't get left behind. So it's it's sort of the perfect environment. Um, and uh, actually, my club, we've been we've managed to get back our club track sessions back up and running and we've seen quite a few people join track sessions who've never done track sessions before who perhaps have sort of felt like that themselves before that they were too slow or it wasn't for them so when you go and do these track races actually you realize that I mean <laughs> the one thing it always does make me feel is quite old because <laughs> <laughs> inevitably some ridiculously fast eight-year-old or something <laughs> but you start a heat and you know you're in your you look around and there's like I don't know uh, I was thinking, I think I did a 1500 and I looked around, there was a couple of teenage girls, um, a guy who was probably 10, 15 years older than me um, and another guy about my age and, you know, a teenage boy. So it's a real mix of ages and a lot of them, there are a lot of kids generally uh, of the sort of, I'd say, I don't know, 10 to 15 age group. because again, that's the, that's it's a good environment for them. Um, it's safe. It's not too intense. Um, you know, they shouldn't be doing massive mileage and so on at that age. Yeah. Um, so you kind of had to get your head around that. But and I do, I do start races and think, you know, please, please let me not be beaten <laughs> by someone who could actually be my child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it's funny that um, my wife's got. She says she's got a nemesis at the local park run. I, I, I I'd never seen this nemesis before, and she pointed it out to me, and it was it was a ten year old child. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think he doesn't he doesn't realise they're in a race every uh, every Saturday, but to her it is. Um, but you mentioned Asia, and I, I I wonder if some people think that um, getting faster over the shorter stuff it's it's something that if they have say they haven't recorded PBs or got into it in their into their twenties and thirties, they might think that they've like, they've missed the boat on that front but I mean you're 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 still recording PBs now and is is there any part of you that's kind of surprised that you're still able to get quicker over all the distances um yeah I mean I guess but I think it's that's partly for me I think I suspect kind of what you say I didn't start running until I was in my 30s and I think there's this sort of thing where you've got less miles in your legs so you, you, your your mm. leg age is younger than your <laughs> your biological age yeah. uh, so you know I haven't spent decades pounding the pavements and so on so maybe there's a sort of cumulative thing that happens there for people who have been running since they were kids all the way through but I don't think I mean actually I, I meet very few people who actually have run their entire lives you know most people even if they were really good when they were young they tend to drop out for you know sort of quite a long period um but yeah I mean it is it is really that's one of the things I love about it. I am still getting PBs and I'm, you know, I'm in my forties, so I'm definitely not a, a spring chicken anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, I still feel like I've got some more possibilities for, 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 for more PBs. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I'd be interested to know what your, I'm going to use the word favorite 5k or 10k workouts, but it probably is kind of type two fun these kind of workouts isn't it? oh, it's yeah. not like you're not in the moment going oh, I just oh, I love this this is amazing uh, but has there been any ones that you think have been particularly effective that you that you that you kind of that you Ooh. cling to um I so my coach uh who's Tom Craggs he 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 sets all my um plans and everything um he he there's quite a few sessions I've done where it's been like maybe kind of 2k or, or perhaps like um I don't know eight minutes a tempo and then and then you do I don't know like 
uh, 16 times 400 and then Ooh. another tempo. Yeah. <laughs> so is that a peck? Yeah. <laughs> I quite, I'm, I'm proper masochist. I do actually really like embrace the pain there. <laughs> and there. Oh, there was one session, I think there was something like 20 times 400 off, I don't know, like 30 seconds recovery, I think it Ooh. was. Yeah, <laughs> that's proper. And you look at it and you think, there's just no way. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll probably do it, but my pace will fall off a cliff, etc. Yeah, yeah. And then, and, and if it doesn't, it is feels so brilliant afterwards. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's a killer, but I love that feeling afterwards of like, yeah, I nailed that. <laughs> are, you, are you surprised by how much you enjoy this, that, that kind of intensity of training? Was it something that just all, you've always kind of like reveled in? like the hard running workouts? I've, I mean, I've always loved a track session. I do sessions on the track that most people probably wouldn't do on a track. Um, although at the moment it kind of feels quite a nice, safe place to go where you don't, you know, you're not getting in anyone's way and everything. But I guess, no, I mean, when I was sort of, when I kind of considered myself really to be a marathon runner, obviously that kind of, it's a very different kind of pain, isn't it? It's the slow mm. burn. Um, I was talking to someone the other day, uh, the other day, um, and they said they prefer the sort of comparing it as a form of torture. It's like having your nails slowly pulled out is the marathon, whereas being stabbed through the lungs is the 5K. <laughs> like, oh, we're such a sane bunch. Yeah. Aren't we? Oh, we do like our hobbies, don't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So relaxing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I definitely wouldn't have, at that point, I wouldn't have sort of considered myself someone who liked that sort of short, sharp uh, intensity. But I do, I really do love it now. It's a sort of, and sometimes it doesn't, you know, sometimes you're you're working at the same intensity and the pace just isn't there. And then when it both clicks, when you kind of really feel like you're working hard and you're like thinking, God, I can't, you know, I'm really imp- surprised that I managed that set or that whatever that time. It's so satisfying. And I suppose, I suppose the other thing is that it doesn't have the, I think what I got slightly, I don't know, kind of wary of or, or, or not so keen to do again is that kind of, um, pressure in your head that the marathon does yeah sort of even on even if everything goes perfectly on training etc you get there you're quite confident you've got hours in which to think negative (laughs) something go wrong yeah yeah and and it just sort of think yourself out of it you know even if you feel fine you're kind of talking yourself out of it and then you have to talk yourself back in it again and that sort Mm. of mental battle is quite draining I think and you have to really want to do it in order to know you're going to do that and win that particular battle whereas like a 5k I mean yeah it kind of you get to a mile and you think god this is really quite painful and I've got two to go but if you've run lots of marathons you're also part of you will all yeah, say, yeah. yes but that is only two miles you know it's not that bad yeah definitely I mean that's definitely true um I want to talk about strength and conditioning as well because I guess like explosive strength probably plays a bigger role in in the shorter distance events is that something that you've also changed and done more of or done differently now that you're concentrating on on shorter stuff than than the marathon well yes and I mean probably more through coincidence than anything else I mean I kind of like as a as a rule I think that's completely true but I'm and I you know I've always gone to the gym and done the odd thing but I kind of I guess I would probably say I did the sort of bare minimum yeah but um because of lockdown when I mean I was really lucky I'm a member of just my 
um, local gym. And they're just a yep. tiny little so shout out to Bounce Gym in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but um, they were amazing. Like basically day two of lockdown, they launched a Zoom timetable and it was like six, eight classes a day or something. Wow. Um, so all just like different stuff, obviously mostly body weight stuff because most people, you can't assume anyone has any kit at home and so on. Yeah. Um, but different types of class from sort of core and glute stuff to hit stuff to yoga and so on. Kids classes every day as well which my kids did um and so I started doing a ton of that really just I think to keep myself sane at the start of lockdown you know when there was that sort of everything just blurred into one and you didn't know what to do and the needed structure to your day basically so I did a ton of stuff then and I just got really into it and then when the gym reopened I started going to classes that I've never gone to before and I've started doing a lot more weight stuff um so I think it's sort of it has hugely helped, um, but it wasn't really a conscious decision. It was more uh, just kind of came out of lockdown, really. Are you doing but, the kind of classic sort of running weight to so like lunges, squats, calf raises or anything that is sort of surprising or um, unusual? Weirdly, weirdly like my deadlifts now. I mean, okay, right. <laughs> I'm not going to embarrass myself by saying why I can deadlift because it's basically like two butterflies and a moth or something. Um, <laughs> But uh, I really, yeah, because I go, the class I go to, I mean, the gym is really great because it's basically a gym for athletes, um, by which I mean that almost everybody who goes there is kind of a, uh, has a sport, basically. Okay, yeah. They do it because they're really, they're in a rugby team or um, uh, in, you know, some kind of sports team. Um, so the, yeah okay so it's, it's not like lots of people sort of posing in the mirror yeah, and doing it, bicep it's the curls, absolute it? opposite of a kind of posy gym um it's all people come in there kind of you know moth-eaten old rugby tops and and like you know I mean it's a lot of very strong strong people there I always feel really puny <laughs> but they're strong in that sort of functional rugby or yes, football right. or whatever sense yeah um yeah. so all the classes that I do are kind of just geared to the sort of general stuff so we do like deadlifts and RDLs and um uh split squats and i don't know all sorts of different stuff and there's an element of cardio and stuff as well which i don't really bother with that much because you know yeah you're you're getting enough of that yeah Yeah. exactly yeah um but it's great i've got really into it and there's something really sort of different and satisfying about it and i really like the classes because actually if i went by myself i'd do a bit but i wouldn't do nearly as much as i do when there's a class of people and there's a really great instructor telling me what to do and um giving you good feedback and stuff how about footwear? Are you um, running in the Nike Vaporfly type shoe, or are you going like full, like track spike when you're when you're doing the shorter stuff? Um, so, well, I well, obviously the the the, ro- the Nike road shoes are, are not track legal. Um, oh, of course, so yeah, you can't yeah, wear yeah. those on the track. So the last I did a the fifteen hundred I did last time I did in just run like racing flats basically because I haven't really used spikes much before so I didn't want to suddenly you know uh, try out things I you know a bit radically but having said that I did for my birthday get a pair of the new Nike Dragonfly track spikes so oh right yeah yeah um, there's quite a lot quite a lot of noise about them isn't there yeah, yeah. they're the ones that um the recent fa- the the women's five and the men's 10k record were broken in in Valencia um and I mean they're completely like that they, it's interesting when you look at them when they arrived I was like oh because they look quite normal you know how okay, the yeah. the alpha fly or the vapor fly they look very different from for sure yeah. other shoes the dragonfly 
it doesn't look that different. It obviously, it has a very different construction, I guess, with the carbon fiber, et cetera, et cetera. Um, although I don't think it is a carbon fiber plate, is it? It's something else. But right. anyway, but it's um, it, it's very comfortable to put on. I haven't even run in them yet, but it's very comfy, <laughs> which most track bikes I don't think are. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to trying that out. Oh right, so that, that, so they're due a sort of debut outing then. Yes, point. well, I found a I found a race this weekend. I'm doing another fifteen hundred, so uh, <laughs> I'll have to see. <laughs> amazing. I, I mean, you talked about um, yeah, it has been an amazing year for for five k and ten k, and I guess it was Guy Day, wasn't it, and Cheptege breaking various yeah. records. I get the sense that you that you are quite inspired by uh, and very interested in elite athletics. Do you get a lot from from watching them, and do you feel like that? Do you take anything away from their example and think that you could bring to your own running? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I love, I'm a title athletics geek. I love watching um, athletics of all kinds. Um, actually, weirdly, I mean, I love watching, obviously, running races, but I also really, really love the um, the field events. Completely obsessed with oh, pole cool. vault. Right. <laughs> if I could live my life again, I would I would train as a pole vaulter. <laughs> it's one of those sort of sports. It's a bit like ski jump, that for me. I'm, I'm not completely sure how you get good at it without really getting injured do you know what I mean there must be some point where you just go for it and and, hope, and it either happens or it doesn't well this is the thing I think it's so underrated because it's such a kind of there's so many different technical elements mm. to it there's obviously you need speed for the run-up you need strength you need flexibility you need like I mean it's just amazing uh, and I also think you probably also need like a switch that turns off gravity at some point as well <laughs> and like no just... fear as well yeah, well, lack yeah. Of, complete lack of fear yeah. exactly yeah it's amazing yeah you know, it's, uh, yeah it, I think diving as well. It's one of those sort of things incredibly impressive, but I, I just I just lack the um the uh, I don't know the bravery to, to yes. ever get good at something like that. I think. Yeah, yeah, like you say, complete lack of fear. But <laughs> but yeah, going back to, to watching the running and stuff. Yeah, totally. I love watching it. I love um I love how you can sit there and be like, oh god, that lap was a bit slow. I mean, god, her form's <laughs> not great. And you're like, yeah, she's still knocking out like considerably faster laps than you could even dream of doing one yeah, off. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, I, I do really like it. I do. I, I think the trouble is um, for a lot of people watching athletics is that the, 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 the gap between what we do and what they do is so enormous mm. that it's almost like a different sport, you know. And I, I, I see this a lot like a lot of my friends who are massively into running and will totally geek out about their Garmin stats or their splits or whatever. Yeah. But they have no interest in athletics and yeah. it's like people think that athletics is a different sport from running yes i agree um and it's a shame because it's not you know if there's one thing that should really make you appreciate say the new 5k women's world record or whatever it's the fact that we've probably all done a park run we know what our 5k time yeah, is right so we should look at that and go wow <laughs> but it just seems to disconnect really, yeah, it's really true kate like and it's, and it's not it's not the case is it with other sports so let's let's use the example of football for mm. instance you know everyone is is particularly they're probably fans first players or participants second when it comes to football everyone knows everything about you know yeah Raheem Sterling or Jordan Henson whoever um whereas in running yeah you're right it's it's possibly a participant first interest and then possibly you might be interested in in what you know the elites are doing but you but equally you might not I wonder yeah. I wonder why that is actually I don't know yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it wasn't always the case, was it? Because, like, I mean, in the days of Cram and Yvette rivalry yeah. and so on, that I think it was much more mainstream. It's just sadly, it seems to have completely died as a sort of mainstream sport, at least in this country, obviously not everywhere. This is the Runner's World Podcast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you think that the coverage of athletics, because I think there's been quite a lot of criticism about it feeling like quite an old-fashioned format. Maybe there's not, we don't put huge amounts of technology in. Um, I think even the, the, the way that cycling is, is shown mm. on TV feels like there's a bit more love and a bit more uh, creativity about the yeah. way it's kind of broadcast. Do you, would you share that opinion or do you think actually that it is interesting as it, as it currently is? Yeah, I think less so for athletics because I think there's a lot of excitement and stuff going on. You know, generally in a, mm. I don't know, a diamond mm. league meeting or something, there's a lot of stuff going on at the same time. So you don't want to get too... Uh, caught up in whizzy stuff um but but where i think that is completely true is sort of road racing you look mm. at the kind of the i mean the coverage of london marathon was just dire it was it was dull wasn't it yeah it was but, dull. But, but it had it had absolutely no context at any point you had no idea what lap people were on uh what therefore what their project you know projected time might be and like you say in cycling you'd have a you 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 cut to the breakaway or whatever and the little clock or whatever in the right hand corner would tell you how many kilometers they had left to go you could see it ticking down the speed they were going at and this is just the basics you probably now also get the heart rate and their power out and all the rest of it yeah yeah exactly you might get sort of david miller on like a little you know motorbike and next to them i'd love i would love to see something like that in running i think that'd be brilliant yeah or just some kind of basic like uh so this is their project you know i mean our, our garments can do this now like you know you you can if you're running a race you could I, I, I've never done this but you can cut you can sort of based on my current pace this is yeah. my predicted finish time so I mean of course it's not beyond the bounds of <laughs> technology to do that for elites as well so like you see a, a sense of kind of how they fluctuate in a race or when they push or when they hold back or so on um, and yeah in London Marathon it was just like you know how many laps did they have like 20 laps or something or more and you just had no idea at any point what lap anyone was on <laughs> no I agree and um, Going back to the track and the shorter distances, I was just thinking before we chat, um, before we, we spoke, that um, do you think there are any kind of challenges or, or prejudices that face um, female runners, like going and maybe concentrating on the speedier stuff? Does it in any way feel like the kind of 800, 1500 thing is, is more of a kind of male-focused world or even the even you know mile or 5K? Or do you think that's actually not, that, that's not the case? Um, 
I think, I mean, there's definitely slightly more men than women in most of these meets that I've done. Um, not massively so, um, but there does tend to be a slight kind of um, unbalance. But I don't know. I, it, it doesn't feel it. The one thing that's nice about it is that there is no, that it's entirely by time. So obviously the very fast heats are going to be all men. Um, but there's also lots of lots of slow men too. So in I've you know I do a, a heat. I'm pretty much always going to have some men and some women in my heat, um, and so it feels quite sort of fair and that it's just done on time because that makes sense, you know. Um, where unlike something like cross country where you've got you know men and women running with different distances and so on, which is absurd. I mean, you know, if they yeah. want to make my five k four k and I still get the PB, then that's fine. <laughs> Other than that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it doesn't feel, I think it's perhaps something where men are, you know, making a, a big generalization, of course, but perhaps yeah. more likely to go, yeah, I'll give that a crack, see what it's like, give it a go. Women are more likely to say, oh, I don't know. I'm not fast enough. I mean, that applies to almost anything in, in running. Mm. I find, um, that yeah. women are slightly more hesitant to sort of, uh, put themselves forward. Um, yeah. well, it applies to everything in life, I suppose. <laughs> 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 but uh yeah but i don't think but it actually feels quite uh i think partly because as i said when i go to these track races the, the, the kind of the thing i notice is more the difference in age rather than the difference in gender. um and there's a lot of young if, if anything there's probably more younger girls than younger boys that I. Oh, that's good yeah um, and that may just be a, a result of the races that i've done and the uh, my um local one of my local clubs, Hercules, has a really good kids division. And at the moment has a particularly strong group of girls around the kind of, I don't know, 10 to 13 age group. Um, so obviously they all go and do it together. It's just sort of peer thing, isn't it? When you're doing yeah, it, right. you yeah. do it and so on. So, But yeah, no, it feels quite um, quite nicely balanced, actually. Oh, that's good. That's good to hear. Um, final question. Is, is a long-term goal to take some of this speed and apply it to the marathon again or do you think actually you might just concentrate on the kind of 5k 10k and shorter for the foreseeable future yeah I mean for I, I think probably the latter I can't I, I don't know about you but I can't see when a, a mass participation race is going to happen whenever it is it feels too far away to really even think about it yet you know I mean probably you're probably looking at least a year right it's going to be next autumn before there's a big race if if that, I mean, I'm not, you know, I know no more than anyone else about that, but it just feels so unlikely at the moment. Um, and I'm kind of enjoying it too much to kind of give it up for now. Like, I think yeah. I'll probably what I'll do is I'll do a couple more races and then sort of back off a little bit over winter just because, well, there'll be less races and, you know, you need a bit of downtime as well. And then see what happens in the spring. Um, I mean, I wouldn't rule out doing another marathon, but doesn't appeal to me much right now <laughs> yeah and do, do, the, do this kind of the sort of virtual marathon stuff do you find that a bit less appealing than you do like you know the standard uh, format oh God, yeah <laughs> I mean fair play to anyone who went out and did virtual London because it was I was uh, it was also on my birthday so like okay yeah but yeah you get free party on that yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was a miserable day wasn't it, it was pouring <laughs> with rain all day and yeah I mean you know I'm, I'm very impressed by anyone who has the willpower to go and do that and particularly to like really push yourself doing that rather than just sort of do it for completion if you know what I mean yeah yeah um but I don't think I could do that um I just 
I think I need I don't it's not like I think anyone's there watching me but (laughs) there is a sense of kind of accountability when there is a big race with people kind of uh, watching by the side and you know, yeah. I mean, they always say that's yeah. the reason, isn't it? When you in in London Marathon, when you get underneath Blackfriars Tunnel, uh, uh, everyone goes there to sort of quietly die because they know they're not being watched. And it's not that they think anyone's judging them or that their friends are watching them, but it's just that, like, suddenly you can because no one is watching. Yeah, um, definitely. And so I, I just don't think I could do a virtual marathon in any kind of uh, any kind of intensity. And if you're not going to do it in intensity, I kind of didn't, for me, I didn't really see the point. Because I think if I'd gone and done it, I'd have probably just been really, really, really sore for days and days. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I can't really, I can't really get my head around virtual races full stop, to be honest. But Yeah, well, I think that, um, yeah, choosing to concentrate on the short of this stuff, particularly now and, and this year, is, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of people listening, hopefully, will... Um, yeah, may may bear that in mind, or may already be doing that. But um, yeah, thank you very much for uh, for taking the time to speak with us about um, the running you're doing this year. My pleasure. <laughs> this is the Runners World podcast. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. A big thanks to our guest Kate Carter, and to you, of course, for listening. The Runners World podcast is available on Acast, iTunes, and all your favourite podcast apps. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.